0: lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Welcome to another episode here of The Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Happy Tuesday to all of you. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. And over there is Aaron McIntyre. And of course, you are you let us know what you think about what we think via the Steve inbox. You can do so by emailing the show, Steve at That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace show. But we would prefer if you didn't go to those places and instead went to the places that didn't try to censor us and people like you, I keep getting asked, why do you still post on Facebook and Twitter with the censorship? Well, you need to talk to your fellow patriots, brother and sister, that are asking me those questions. Because, unfortunately, those are two still the two largest areas where, especially Facebook, you all access our content. So, I'd love to evacuate. I can't. I don't have the following of a Mark Levin, so I can't just take my, my ball and go home with the censorship as much as I would love to. But I can't. So, since this is where a lot of you hang out, I've got to hang out and hang around uh, and, and try to navigate the, the waters of censorship just the same. That's why we also urge you to check us out. Look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Parlor and Gab and at Steve Dace Show on Getter. And then look for clips of the program that you can watch for free that are also free of censorship over at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. little public service announcement to start the program off today. Uh, if you are looking for another option that only treats COVID patients, in fact, has treated thousands of them, over 40,000 of them, in fact, uh, that uh, will give you an option for both early treatment and then how to get fulfillment of certain prescriptions that those who are trying to kill you would prefer that you don't have. Uh, check out mygotodoc.com. Again, that's my go to doc uh, dot Doctor Saeed Hader. Again, over forty thousand patients, zero fatalities so far. Um, and I want to let you know that over the weekend, I had a sweet woman reach out to me, and and say, you know, I'm on a fixed income and I'm struggling here with how to get uh, how to get treatment, and I'm not feeling well with COVID. Can you help? And uh, I we uh, through one of our uh, one of our uh, marketing gals, our sales gals here, uh, Kathy. We reached out to Doctor Hader, and at no cost at all, he went the extra mile to reach out to her and give her a consultation on what she could be doing. Okay, so I mean that that's a little test right there to show you his level of devotion to being an actual. Doctor. All right. So if you want to learn more or you need more, go to mygotodoc.com. That's mygotodoc.com. All right. Coming up on the program today, uh, we're going to be joined at the bottom of this hour by Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. He recently held a forum on COVID and the jab. We're going to get into that. And some of the revelations that came out of the forum that he held there in the United States Senate, that's coming up at the bottom of this hour. Next hour, for fake news or not, I've come up with a list of terms, institutions, people that now that we have the Governor's Association reaching out to President Biden yesterday. Did you guys see this? Saying they want to be done with COVID restrictions and lockdowns, right? You guys saw that story? Uh, so some form of light here at the end of the tunnel. Now, there is a sizable portion of the president's base that is going to grip hard on this idol. We're going to talk more about that here after Aaron's montage because it'll be highlighted in there. But it's, but it's clear throughout the course of this year, there is going to be more and more breaking away from this stuff. It may not be systemic. It still might be on a state-by-state basis, but it's going, the, that, the pace of this is going to accelerate. When you have ASA, please, courts, ban the mask mandate uh, ban that I signed into law, please overturn my own law. Hutchinson coming out and saying to Joe Biden, we kind of need to be done with this now. All right. There's 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 going to be a, a more breaking away from this. OK, so now a good time because, you know, what those who were wrong about everything and killed a lot of people in the process, man, they're going to want to gaslight a memory hole, this sucker. Faster than you can say truck or convoy. All right. They're going to want to pretend like we didn't have the year 2020 or half of 2021. Data, we don't have any data. We don't have any of that stuff. They're going to, they don't want any accountability. So we're going to have a conversation with fake news or not next hour. We're going to look at people, institutions, terms. Has COVID revealed whether they are fake news or not? And we will go through those. Uh, on the next hour of the show. Also, for next hour, for Pop Culture Tuesday, I've got a nefarious update for you. Filming completed this morning on the film. Uh, we had some some nighttime filming we had to do. So filming concludes this morning on nefarious. All principal photography. and 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 now it gets, well, not that it wasn't real before, but now it gets really real. So I'll give you guys as much of an update as I can without spoiling anything for Pop Culture Tuesday coming up. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, but before we get to or the bottom of next hour, but before we get to all of that, of course, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away brought to you by Prime Minister Blackface in exile. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is doubling down in exile against the truckers gridlocking the Canadian capital.
3: I have attended protests and rallies in the past. Uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that
2: have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect uh, not just of science but of uh, the frontline health workers and, quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have
1: been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe, to put food on our tables. Uh, Canadians know where I stand. This is a moment for responsible leaders to think carefully about where they stand,
2: Canada's Globe and Mail tweets calling the Ottawa protests peaceful downplays nonviolent dangers, critics say. Elsewhere around Canada's media sphere, this broadcaster from the Canadian Broadcasting Company says Vladimir Putin is behind the trucker protests.
1: I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but but there is concern that Russian actors could be continuing to
0: fuel things uh, as this as this protest grows, but perhaps even instigating it from from the outset.
2: Back stateside, a new Monmouth poll asks respondents opinion on the following statement. It's time we accept that covid is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives. Overall, 70 percent agree with that statement. Twenty eight percent disagree amongst GOP voters. Eighty nine percent agree amongst independents. Seventy one percent agree, and among Democrats. 51% disagree. Yikes. A new meta-analysis from Johns Hopkins University on the effects of lockdowns and mortality of COVID-19 found, quote, evidence fails to confirm that lockdowns have a significant effect in reducing COVID-19 mortality. The effect is little to none. The study went on to say, however, lockdowns during the initial phase of the pandemic had devastating effects. Today in coronavirus history, two years ago, actually yesterday, Dr. Anthony Fauci was informed in an email from a colleague and epidemiologist Christian Anderson that some of the features of COVID-19, quote, look engineered, and that the virus genome looked inconsistent with expectation from evolutionary theory. According to the Washington Post, Pfizer is set to ask the FDA today for emergency use authorization for their COVID-19 jabs in children six-months-old To five years old. Ahead of the Beijing Winter Olympics, George Soros is calling out Xi Jinping. That man's an imposter.
3: That man is the imposter. Whoops, wrong clip. Rather than letting private enterprise blossom, Xi Jinping introduced his own China dream that can be summed up in two words.
2: Total control. Hulu has removed the episode of the Dr. Phil show featuring the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh in discussion about so-called transgenderism. The View's Whoopi Goldberg had to apologize, yes, apologize, For these comments... Then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. It's about man's
0: inhumanity to man. But these are two white groups of people.
2: And finally, truckers in Canada aren't just gridlocking Ottawa. They're blockading a border crossing from Alberta to the United States. They gathered in a restaurant to recite the Lord's Prayer. In heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom kingdom come, come. thy Thy will be be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver
3: us from mercy. For thine art the kingdom, the power of glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. And that's what happened Well, we were away. Whoopi Goldberg used to claim to be Jewish.
1: True story. Did you know that, Aaron? No, I didn't. Yeah, Whoopi somewhere. Goldberg used to... No, she Whoops. hasn't done so in about... It's it's been a long time. I think it's been at least 10 years because that canard got uh unraveled. I guess her real name's like Karen Johnson or something. So right. she, you're
2: saying she's she's identifying as white now? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. By she, her own admission. She she and then she admitted or something if I remember right, hey, I just thought, you know, claiming to be Jewish might help me get acting jobs. Okay. So there's that. Okay, but a tad ironic uh for 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 many years early in her career she did. She she claimed to be Jewish. Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at Bilt Bar. Another public service announcement. I've not even tried it yet. I don't have to. I just know it's going to be good. And right, I got two boxes on the way. Don't, Erzin, don't. Well, you, you've you been so
0: scientific about this. I mean, is, uh, have we put down the science and just, the science is settled? The
1: science is settled <laughs> on this one. Yes. White chocolate uh, cookies and cream. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... Um, At the very least, I'm willing to be your test subject, and I'll let you know how it turns out. I'm your random controlled study, (laughs) okay? But if you want to try that brand new flavor from Built Bar or any of their other great flavors, try them today at 15% off when you use my last name, Dace, for the promo code for the best protein bar of all time. So many great flavors. I, I counted it yesterday. I have, not counting the stash in my fridge, which is when I am bringing my own built Bars daily from the show, you know, in, I have in my garage 20 boxes of built Bars. 20 of them
2: right now.
0: I actually thought there'd be more.
1: Did you? Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I just, completely unrelated note, I saw one of the boxes you brought in for Todd and I to share. Yeah. Uh, it's empty and it's in the trash right now. I just, yeah, just... That is random SOS. Yeah. I I might be able to help you out with that. All right.
1: Okay. All right. So built.com for built bar, B-U I L T 15% off when you use the promo code DACE. All right. I want to get into. Man, pardon me. I want to get into this monmouth poll. Okay. Because it's a rare opportunity for me to go back to my roots of political nerding out, that it crosses into the realm of what we've been nerding out about on this show for the last now 23 months, which is COVID, okay? Just to give you a little background on Monmouth, when I was on the cruise campaign, we considered this to be perhaps the best or at least one of the best public polls in terms of its um, methodology, consistency. Uh, We held Gallup and Ann Seltzer, uh, who has bounced around, uh, but she's now at Bloomberg, I believe, uh, in high regard from a public polling perspective. But Monmouth was one of the ones that We would rarely look at what public polls told us. We had Chris Wilson and one of the best data polling firms ever assembled in the history of GOP primary politics. So we didn't pay a lot of attention to public polls, but this was one of the few that we did. Uh, Monmouth uh, correctly. And and I doubted it the entire 2016 Iowa caucus cycle. You guys remember, I kept saying there's no way 180,000 Iowans are voting in an Iowa caucus. That's that would shatter way, shatter the record of all time turnout. Right. I Mm -hmm. used to bring that up. Monmouth almost pegged that exactly. Now it did not perform well in the 2020 election cycle. In fact, it performed pretty poorly, but in this case, we're not asking it. And the reason it performed poor, poorly is the reason a lot of polls performed poorly was underestimating Donald Trump's support. All right. But in this case, for the purposes of this conversation, we are not asking them to provide us quality data on what a base of people that it has shown recently, it has a weak track record of of, of polling has to say, are we? No. No, we're asking them what they think or what, a group of people that they've shown they have a pretty strong track record of identifying think, Democrats. So if this was Quinnipiac or somebody else, Quinnipiac's trash, all right? If it was anybody like that, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. But if it was going to be Monmouth or Gallup or Ann Seltzer that came out with these kinds of numbers, I think this is a conversation we need to have because it also follows up with the conversation we've been having about... You know, the, it's really a follow-up to what Paul Begala said a couple of weeks ago. It's not our leaders in the Democrat Party. It's the followers. And how we first thought, wow, well, dude, I mean, I don't know. Your people seem to follow too damn well, right? And then we kind of thought maybe we were wrong about our assumption of what he meant. That maybe what Paul Begala, who comes from the Clinton triangulation era, where we're going to sign the Defense of Marriage Act into law and then call Republicans homophobes. We're going to sign three strikes and you're out and welfare reform into law and then call Republicans racist, right? Those uh-huh. were the 90s. We lived yes. era, right? Okay. Maybe what he meant to say is actually, dude, we would have sold this stock like months ago. All right. We want to win, but our crazy base won't let us do it, right? Yes. These numbers sort of bear out yes, what he's talking about. And, and that maybe our second read of his comments is the more accurate one. Um, To provide another context to this, I cannot think of in my lifetime a singular domestic issue that's so dominated on every front. The economy, free speech, um, the unemployment rate, um, cultural issues. Every issue is a derivative right now of covid Stand Every issue is. Its tentacles, it is a hydra. Its tentacles touch every domestic issue, every single one, monetary policy, border policy. There is not a domestic issue, healthcare, that this issue doesn't touch. Now, growing up in the Cold War, on the foreign policy side, there was an issue like that, the Cold War. Okay? So, you know, Todd, you and I grew up in an era where everything from a foreign policy perspective what was going on in Southeast Asia? What was going on in Europe? What was going on in Afghanistan? Whether we were going to be in the Olympics or not, all of that was a derivative of the Cold War on, yes. a, on, a, on, a, on a foreign policy scale. But can you think of in your lifetime now, and you and I have almost been alive half a century, a domestic issue? Like when Watergate was going on, there was still like all kinds of other things going on in the country that didn't really play into that at all. Um, can you th- same with TARP. Okay. Can you can you think of a singular issue that every other issue is a tributary of that issue in your lifetime on a domestic front? I cannot.
0: The only thing I might put in there, it's not an issue, it's a person, and that's Trump. Okay. But I but I'm
1: stretching. But that's a derivative of this issue too. Well, because he'd likely be president today yes. if not for COVID. Yes. Okay. But I
0: agree with you on an issue, you're absolutely right. Nothing close to it.
1: So that matters here quite a bit because if every issue in the country that you, as, you and I, that your family and my family and, and all of us as individuals are wrestling with domestically has some tie back to COVID, then if one group of people within, and we only have two parties, okay, so within, if, if one group of people within one subset of our duopoly has a completely different view on this and what to do now in light of it, then the whole rest of the country does. And we're going to have an election here in a few months. And every issue that we would vote on as of now ties back to this one issue. If you're pissed off about big tech censorship, if you're pissed off about election integrity, if you're pissed off about an open border, if you're pissed off about losing your job, if you're, you see where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah. You're pissed off that your kids aren't, aren't back in school or are still being masked. Pick an issue. They all tie back to this. And if one subset of, the, of, of, this, of this duopoly says, we have a totally different view on where to go with this than everybody else does. And it's not even like close, man. It's like they're on an island all by themselves. You're talking about an event that I don't know has existed in American politics since the reshuffling of the country after the Civil War and Reconstruction and the dawn of the the two-party era. You're talking about like the Tea Party plus contract with America kind of upheaval in one cycle when you look at these numbers 70 percent of americans agree it is time we accept that COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives 70 percent only 28 percent disagree with that that's 70 percent man it's hard to get 70 percent of americans to agree is it partly cloudy or mostly sunny today
0: Just a couple of years ago, we were talking about a landslide like that is electorally impossible. Yes. And suddenly, here we are. Here
1: we are. Status
0: quo is a status quo until it isn't anymore.
1: 89% of Republicans agree with this statement. Only 9% of of Republicans do. I've called them Democrats. Freudian slip. (laughs) Hence, Asa, please overturn my own legislation. Hutchinson pleading with President Biden to get back to normal. (laughs) Now, independence. 71% 71% of independents agree with this. That's the yo. Uh, yes, it is. In my opinion. Yes, it is. 26% disagree. By the way, the number one political identity in America today is what? Independent. Over 40% of Americans uh, identify as independents, according to the latest Gallup survey. That's the number one political identity in America is Independent. 71% of them say it's time to move on from this now. 71. So we have a duopoly, and then you have sort of the cartilage between the two kneecaps, right? Call these independents. That's essentially the American electorate. And within those three camps, there are different factions and subsets, but those three camps are essentially the triumvirate of the American voting profile. And two of them are like the Jonah Hill gift right now. Uh, not, dude, we're, we're done here. Okay. Tapping out. Thank you. Which brings us to the Democrats. It's time we accept that COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives. 47% of Democrats agree with this. And I think probably 85% of that 47% are Democrats that are running for office this year. Okay. of Democrats agree. 51% or a majority for those of you that went to public school. 51% of Democrats disagree. This is a quantification of what we observationally and anecdotally have been analyzing the last week plus on this show. That the leadership class of the Democratic Party, much of it, on an election level. The problem is there's also the academic uh, the and the media. That's the important
0: distinction. Yeah. That's vital. There,
1: there, there is nothing like this in the Republican Party. There is no... There aren't factions of the leadership class in the Republican Party. There's just the leadership class against everybody else. Okay? In the Democratic Party, there are factions of the leadership class. You have the election. You have the political leadership class. Then you have the media leadership class. You have the academic leadership class, right? The political leadership class... Right now, is offering um, alms to Bill Mar. Okay, they're making sacrifices to Saint Mar right now. We promise we'll get back to Will the Power after the election. Yeah, yeah, he is—he is their spirit animal right now. But the other ones, oh no, no, you are going to pry this idol from their cold, dead fingers. So I can tell you right now, today is February 1st. The 2022 election is Tuesday, February 1st. So first Tuesday in February, first Tuesday in November. We're almost exactly nine months until that election. And I can tell you right now, without knowing what the COVID positivity rate's going to be, without knowing what the efficacy or lack thereof of the new Omicron variant-specific jab they will introduce here in a few weeks will be, without knowing where we are with um, Ukraine or anything else, I can tell you right now, today, with the outcome of that election in, in, in nine months is going to be based on whether or not Within the next 90 days at the latest, whether or not Democrats can successfully, the political leadership class, can move its other leadership classes into some form of sanity on COVID. Because if they can not, iceberg, dead ahead, and you are the titanic. We are getting off this ship this year as a country. We are getting off this ship. There are two paths off of it. Democrats could go Billy Zane right about now. We're out. Thank you. Tap out. Or they can move their own base or voters in absolutely record numbers are going to remove them. We're talking margins here unforeseen in modern times. Like a Watergate, post-Watergate election, plus a Tea Party, plus a uh, um, um, contract with America, all combined. I've never seen anything like this. Because there's never been an issue like this. And now you have one segment and it would be, they could get away with it if it was, say, 69% of Republicans agreed and 29% disagreed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If, they, if, if, say, 51% of independents agreed and 46% disagreed, they could make, they, they probably still lose the House given the overall margins. But, you know, the Senate map is not entirely unfavorable to them in a traditional year. That it would be close enough that they could steal enough and harvest enough oats. Johnny Appleseed didn't plant enough trees for this, brother. There, there, there ain't enough mailbags in Milwaukee County for this. Uh uh-uh. uh. This is something wicked this way it comes, homie. This is this is wipeout, is what this is. Like a reshuffling, resetting of the board. You want a great reset? the numbers right here on my computer screen, they would be a great reset. You're talking about annihilation. Now, they got annihilated for a decade over Obamacare, but that was strewn out over several elections. You're talking about a San Francisco kind of earthquake here. And that's what's going to decide this. Because if they can't do it in, say, the next 90 days, which gets us to what, like May, June, right? Mm -hmm. It will be too late to have, a, to, to, to have a, 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 some form of economic turnaround felt by the time the election comes around. You've lost too much time. You're where the Trump White House was, where you should have brought Scott Atlas in in June instead of August. You should have started arguing for schools reopening on Memorial Day and not before Labor Day. You lost. It's too late. You lost too much time. You're, you've lost control of the agenda. The fact that the only substantive group of people that want to hold on to this are all in their own party. And it's the issue that is wrecking every other issue to some degree. Did we have border problems before COVID? Oh, yes. But COVID's made it worse. COVID's either the cause of every problem we have domestically or has made every domestic problem we had worse. And there's only one group of people that do not want to memory hole this thing hit control, all delete and go back to their way of lives. And it happens to be a majority of Democrat voters. So here's my in-depth political analysis. Uh Oh, thoughts. Well, I find
0: it fascinating. The conversations I used to have with my buddies uh, who are on the left and telling them, you, you need to talk to your crazy people before it ends up. Uh, In something like this. But those crazy people do have something. And I love what you said about Obamacare. You're absolutely right. They took a big hit for that. Uh, It took a while. But on the back end of that, the Republicans came, didn't save us, didn't do anything. So they're going to take this big loss. You are right. Ultimately, will it be worth it to them? We don't know the answer to that yet because who knows what the GOP is going to do with that uh, landslide.
2: Just very quickly, a couple of thoughts. One, it's going to be difficult for them if they can't get off this issue to triangulate or play off of somebody who's not on the ballot. And that person's name is Donald Trump. They were able to do that last time. And then secondly, quickly as well. I've said before, I think that they can just pivot right back to uh, COVID mania and do the mail-in voting thing again. I think they might do that still. They're not going to be able to do, overcome these types of, of margins if that's what they're heading for.
1: You know, when we have an opportunity... And it doesn't come around a lot these days, but when the opportunity presents itself for us to give our business to companies that support our values uh, and it doesn't lead to any kind of massive drop off in quality of product, we should take advantage of that. That's what our family recently did uh, when it comes to Patriot Mobile. Just about all of us these days have to have a mobile phone. Uh, to uh, thrive and exist in this society, which means pretty much everybody right now, within the sound of my voice, could make the switch to Patriot Mobile. Our family did last fall and got the exact same coverage and service we were already getting for 20 years from T-Mobile. Uh, and we even upgraded uh, our phones at the exact same time. Uh, and and hey, they support everybody from the March for Life to Turning Point USA, shows like this. They do not take your money and then give it to the causes that are trying to end your way of life, but support the same things that you do. And you get the same product quality you get from everybody else. So why not make the switch today? Veterans and first responders, you get even Bigger discount, so let them know you're one of those. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash DACE. Now, for everybody else, today you'll get a free activation with the offer code DACE. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash DACE or give them a call at 972 Patriot. That's 972 Patriot. Let's welcome back to the show a guy who has been uh, a patriot here uh, the last 23 months when a lot of others originally uh, and continue to buy in uh, to this destructive narrative. Senator Ron Johnson here from your home state, Todd, of Wisconsin. Ron, it's good to have you back with us. Senator, how are you?
3: Well, Steve, I'm doing well. Hope you are, too.
1: Could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse. You know how it is. So last week you held a forum in the Senate. I, I think that was very important. Tell us what this forum was, why you held it, and a couple of the key things that you learned. Well,
3: it was called COVID-19, a second opinion. And when you take a look at the more than 5.6 million deaths worldwide, over 900,000 here in the United States, you take a look at the human toll of the economic devastation, when you take a look at the harm done to our children, I don't see how you can take a look at the resp- our response to COVID and call it a success. I think it's been a miserable failure I think has been completely mismanaged by the, who I always call the COVID gods, the Fauci's of the world, people in the agencies, and their uh, complicit members in the media and the social media. And so I think America is hungering for information. Uh, and so I provided it. I've I've, I've been uh, holding hearings since May of 2020 where I had Pierre Cory talking about corticosteroids and then in November 2020 with uh, Peter McCulloch and George Freed Harvey Risch about early treatment. Again, in December of 2020 with uh, Pierre Corey, June of, this, of 2021 on vaccine injuries, November of 2021 on vaccine injuries with medical experts. So I haven't shied away from providing information for the American public. And I think what I hope the the takeaway, and by the way, 1.7 million views uh, since we held that a week ago on, on our Rumble, that's the full five hour event, close to a million views of the 38 minute uh, highlight reel. Uh, but people want this information and anybody watching that event would have to come away saying, first of all, these are eminently qualified doctors, doctors that have had the courage and compassion to treat illness. And I think the conclusion you'd reach is first and foremost that our response to COVID did not have to be so irrational, mm-hmm. so insane. It could have been far, far more rational, far less divisive, and the coronavirus should have been far less deadly. And I'll, I'll end on this note: uh, If you know, haven't you always heard that if you have a serious medical condition, you should get a second opinion, mm-hmm. um, or maybe even a third opinion? That has not been allowed because the other. Huge, uh, casualty in in the in the pandemic has been free speech. Uh, a second opinion, a different narrative, simply hasn't been allowed. Those those uh, spouting it have been vilified. They've been fired. They've been censored. Uh, this has been a real travesty, a real tragedy. But if you're going to seek that second opinion, are you going to go to a bureaucrat sitting in the ivory tower or their federal government office? Personally, my my first. You know, my first opinion, I'm going to get from a doctor who actually treats the illness. Mm-hmm. My second opinion, I'm going to go to another doctor that actually treats the illness. And when it comes to COVID, one that has the courage and compassion to buck NIH guidelines, which is basically, if you get tested, do nothing. Go home afraid, isolate yourself, maybe take Tylenol if you're lucky and the monoclonal antibodies are are available, maybe get those, unfortunately, With the different variants, they're not working quite as as well as I think we all hope those would work as well. But again, this this has been a compassionless guideline from the NIH, and it makes no sense because another tenet of medicine, as far as I've always heard, is early detection allows for early treatment which produces better outcome. That's what we try and do with cancer. You want to catch it at stage one, not wait till stage four. That in effect is what the NIH guideline is around COVID is let's just wait till you're so sick, you have to go in the hospital and then take a look at how hospital ther- therapies haven't really advanced much in two years either. When
1: I saw some of the information in your forum, uh, Senator, and Several of the people that you had speak or you have just referenced are people I have known or have interviewed on our show uh, in the past. I mean, I mean, for people that don't remember, Dr. Peter McCullough was likely the most decorated cardiologist in American history prior to COVID, uh, universally recognized. Certainly among the most published, he had started actually two different medical journals himself. You mentioned Harvey Risch from Yale University. He was, prior to COVID, one of the most quoted epidemiologists academically in American history, over 10,000 academic citations. So it doesn't mean these guys are right, but you, you don't you at least want to know, as you said, a second opinion, wouldn't people at least want to know what they have to say to have the most informed consent that they could then make? And what and and what you offered was a forum for people that 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 testified to things that are true or they're not. These things are true or they're not. Wouldn't we want to know that? Given it's a life or death scenario, wouldn't you want to know if something is true or not?
3: Well, of course, the last two forums I've held, one in November, where I had medical experts again, global, eminently qualified medical experts, and individuals that have suffered vaccine injuries or lost someone uh, to a vaccine uh, death. Uh, we, we offered the agency heads, the uh, CEOs of the, of the big pharma companies, uh, we offered them uh, a seat at the table. C- come on and discuss exactly you know, what, what it is your viewpoint is and let's talk it over with other medical abs- experts. We did the same thing on Monday. We, we offered a seat at the table and of course it was refused. And you've got to kind of scratch your head. It certainly makes me suspicious when when those individuals that have censored the second opinion, when those individuals that have trashed, you know, widely available, cheap, generic drugs that have been used for decades with incredible safety profiles, but they've trashed them anyway in favor of a myopic view of only the vaccine. And Steve, I'm not anti-vax. So I was a big supporter of Operation Warp Speed. Uh, but I think we should have taken into consideration the risk stratification of COVID. Um, But we didn't. There's been so much that we botched in our response to COVID, but the people that botched it, at this point, they can't afford to be proven wrong. And as I call them the COVID gods, the agency heads, the complicit media, the complicit big tech giants, and social media, they have the power to pretty well make it, to make it very difficult to be proven wrong. And right now I think that's our greatest impediment to advancing our ability to uh, treat COVID, to prevent death.
1: One of the most astonishing things that came out of your forum that I had never heard before, and that's why it astonished me. I mean, as someone who has been marinating in this story for 23 months, I I thought maybe I had heard almost all of it. But there was an attorney named Thomas Renz who testified at your event about whistleblowers from within the Department of Defense, one of them, a rare Green Beret physician. So, I mean, that's kind of an elite soldier that this country has invested quite a bit uh, of its uh, military capital in, into training him, enlisting him, uh, and equipping him. And these three whistleblowers, including this Green Beret physician, alleging that within the Department of Defense's database, there have been, in 2021, skyrocketing numbers of diagnoses for things like cancer with no rational explanation of how these sorts of things might have occurred within you would presume anyway one of the healthier uh, if not the healthiest subset of the populace except for like highly trained professional athletes can you talk a little bit about what he went into there and have there has anybody been able to verify any of this uh, given the fact that obviously we have a civilian led military that, you know, for things like funding and, and appointments, major appointments is accountable to your body of government.
3: Well, as we went on air here, I was actually editing the letter I'll be sending out later this afternoon, the details, the, the data that Tom Renz presented us. I sent a record preservation letter right away Monday, the 24th. Uh, he'd contact me the Saturday before the event. And it, one, one of the individuals is, is Teresa Long. We had her in our November uh, panel. But what they're talking about is uh, the database that loads all the diagnoses of everybody in the military. And what they're seeing in 2021 versus the previous five years are dramatic increases in these diagnoses. I think my letter is going to point out about 15 different uh, conditions where you have uh, 400% or more increase. One thing that definitely concerned me is, you know, the the one condition that CDC is admitting uh, the vaccines are are having an impact on is myocarditis, Uh, generally in young men. Well, that's a lot of young men in the military, fit young men.
1: Heart inflammation Uh, is what that is, by the way, but go ahead. Yes.
3: So in August, as they were downloading this information, they had over 1,200 diagnoses of myocarditis in 2021 versus an average about 43. So I think that's a 2,800% increase. Um, They go back and do the final download for uh, their whistleblower report on January 10th, I think it was. And lo and behold, there's only a couple hundred uh, diagnoses of myocarditis in 2021. And the previous five years, diagnosis has increased. So now it's only, I say only, I think a 250% uh, increase. Are they, da- are they doctoring the data? Did the DOD recognize the fact that, ooh, myocarditis uh, mm. might, might be associated with the vaccine that we have mandated on the finest among us, whether they want it or not? And uh, did DOD actually doctor the information? I'm highly concerned that they may be doing that, may have already done it, uh, but I'm just writing a letter to uh, Defense Secretary Austin. Uh, again, preserve the information and answer these questions what is going on make this data available to the public make this data available to medical researchers and i would say outside of the government health agencies because let's face it the the government health agencies aren't following or paying attention to their own vaers data mm-hmm. which has over a million adverse events worldwide since the rollout of the coronavirus vaccines over 22,000 deaths which compares to about on average 77 deaths per year with the flu vaccine, 15 deaths per year with ivermectin, which of course they're all trashing and saying it's just way too dangerous to ever try that with somebody who may be dying of covid on a ventilator. I mean, again, there's so much that does that makes no sense in terms of our federal response to covid, and I personally believe that hundreds of thousands of people needlessly died, but they're just playing they're just, you know, turning a blind eye. To what their safety signals are are just screaming at them from VAERS as well as the uh, Defense Department database.
1: Real quick, Senator, can you give us give our audience the uh, the what to look for on Rumble if they want to watch this video themselves?
3: Well, just go to my uh, Rumble page, Ron Johnson. Uh, go to the event that's labeled COVID nineteen, a second opinion, and join the more than one point seven million people that have viewed the over. It's it's not quite five hour long event. Uh, I've, I've been astonished by the response. Um, you, you will learn a lot. And again, if you don't have five hours, there's there's also a 38-minute version, which pretty, pretty well encapsulates uh, the information that you have been denied because of all the censorship by the big tech giants and by, by the complicit media.
1: Well, Ron, just uh, person to person here, brother, you are doing the Lord's work with this. You're up for re-election too. This is no way to raise your name ID or your approval rating. You get censored, you get shunned, called every name in the book. So um, God bless you. Wish there were more of you. Please keep doing what we're doing. If there's anything we can do to help, by all means, we are happy to do that, okay?
3: No, God bless you. Just keep telling the truth. That's what we need.
1: Thank you, Senator. Take care. Take care. Thoughts on that conversation?
0: Uh, My hopes are that that level of integrity is something that can put him in a position of leadership uh, as Ditch exits stage left. It's it's under the most challenging of circumstances to be a relentless foot soldier for the truth. It, we don't have to agree with him on all things, and in the and in the past we haven't, but this has been a profile and courage of standing when most people cowered.
1: Eyes and are see- still cowering. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Eyes to see, ears to hear, and that's what I, the last couple of times that we've talked to Senator Johnson, that's that's what I've heard from him. Listen, we talk about the 2020 election, you know, and in, in prima facie evidence that something, something was not quite right, the incongruency alone of the electorate, seemingly, why th- some things happened in Milwaukee and Philadelphia and Detroit and Atlanta, but didn't happen in Chicago or Minneapolis or Austin or Dallas. He's just looking at prima facie evidence, guys. This is, let's just, let's just say, half. Let's just say half, which is Vare's data. Trad- traditionally, what Todd, it's underreported from, from yes. what's actually in reality. Let's just then say half- of the VARES data is just complete and total. Not even, uh, I had the sniffles after getting this. Let's just say some malevolent actors are just making poop up and reporting it to Vares. That's really hard to do. That's magical thinking. But let's just say that. Let's just, let's just say half of that stuff is just made up. Guys, that's still really, really, really bad. Prima fascia evidence. Something's really, really wrong. So let's ask some more questions. And the more questions you ask, and the breadcrumbs of answers that you receive and that's what we've been receiving from these panels and, and conferences that uh, Senator Johnson has hosted. The worse and worse this looks for all the people who have been trying their darndest to shut you down, to depress you, and I don't mean in the necessarily in the clinical sense, to keep you under their foot. The worse those people look, Every single passing day. Nuremberg style tribunals. And for some of the worst offenders, um, some of the worst sentences.
1: Yep. Nuremberg like punishments, in other words. Yes. We'll come back. Fake news or not. COVID Stan inspired. Next. Next. And we're back with hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Uh, email us, Steve at SteveDace.com. D E A C E. Look for us. Look for Steve Dace, me on Facebook, We Parlor and Gab, at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. And then rumble.com slash Steve day show is where to go to look for clips of the show. Look for Ron Senator Ron Johnson's page on rumble. If you want to watch his COVID-19, a second opinion, the complete forum that was posted without censorship over at rumble.com as well. Those of you that are podcast listeners, thank you for being one of those. You're a huge part of our show's audience and success. Please, if you have yet to do so, leave us a five star review and then also hit the subscribe or follow button, whichever applies on wherever you podcast from. Thanks to all of you that have done each or one of those things for us already. If you haven't yet done so, please consider doing one of those things for us today, uh, right now. Maybe you also need to reconsider where you're going to spend your retirement um, or Maybe just, you know, a little live a little south of the border and escape the managed decay. Um, and still close enough that, uh, I mean, let's face it, you, you can just come across the border anytime you want anyway, right? To just enjoy a little USA. That's kind of how it works around here, yeah. right? Just kind of do whatever you want. Uh, and that's why you want to check out... Panama. You could be up to 10 times richer. It's a high income nation. It's not some dusty third world country. They use the US dollar for their currency, and your net worth could be worth up to 10 times more than it is right now in the United States. That's right. Imagine whatever you're making right now and multiplying it by 10 in Panama. If you want to learn more, get the American Sky to Living and Retiring in Panama, along with four videos, all of this for free. Uh, When you go to buypanamanow.com slash Steve, 100% free for our audience. If you just want to get more information, buypanamanow.com slash Steve. Coming up at the bottom of the hour for Pop Culture Tuesday, I'll give you a nefarious update. Today, we finished principal photography for the film. So now we get into the nerve wracking stuff. When will it come out? How will we distribute it, edit it, CGI, sound effects, musical score? All right. So I'll give you as much of an update as I can without spoiling anything coming up for Pop Culture Tuesday at the bottom of the hour. But I want to begin this hour with another Tuesday staple, fake news or not. I came up with 15 terms, people, institutions. And I want to know. If Todd and Aaron thinks COVID has revealed these things to to now be fake news or not. First of all, you guys' thoughts on going down this road. Is it too early for this yet or not? Oh no.
0: No, no. we know. We, <laughs> yeah. we needed to be doing all of this a long time ago.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Aaron, your thoughts on this as a conversation.
2: No, we actually Heck, we probably knew this within two months, didn't we? Um, who was fake news or not? Three months for sure, a year, and then it's it's set in stone for for history, basically. So I think, think going through this, I I I did set this up, the graphics up, but I only only glanced at what the topics actually were, so as to try to still get somewhat of a gut reaction here. Uh, and it's not good.
0: Why why do you even ask the question? Why you think it might be too early? Cuz
1: I think we are on the tail end of the the primary inflection point of this saga. I mean, I I think the the aftermath of it will last as long as we're alive or uh, you know, this country is lost to history, whichever comes first. I mean, I, I think that this is uh, the inflection point itself is never going to be unfelt to some degree. Um, but I think that the the primary hostilities phase we are in the downward trend with. But I don't know. But, but are we a downward trend enough that it's okay to? I don't want to be Barack Obama and writing a memoir at forty. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Are we, are we further down on the trend line enough that it's okay to pronounce judgment one way or another upon these fifteen entities without it being considered premature? Right.
0: The level of Lazarus level turnaround. That would have yeah. to happen with some of these for me
1: to change my opinion that right? I developed more than a year ago. But, would... but that's the tem- that's the issue because unfortunately the worldview of this show believes in Lazarus level turns or turnarounds. Okay. Not trust but verify. Yes, <laughs> yes. They're very rare. Okay. Um they're very rare, but they are not um um extinct or impossible, right? Yes. And so it, it's a balance I, you know you want to be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove you don't want to be you know a naive lemming uh, you know a, a sheep led to slaughter you don't want to do that you also don't want to prematurely pronounce judgment on something that could still be redeemable right mm-hmm. and 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 we have argued as a church for you know since since jesus's ascension we have argued on what exactly that line looks like. We have splintered, we have schismed, we have denominationed over that question. All right. Are you too soft headed? So you have no, you have no belief in truth or law. Are you too hard hearted? So you have no belief in grace or mercy, right? Okay. And so is God for, is God for grace or for truth? Yes. Is God for mercy uh, or is, is he for law? Yes. So, I mean, right. And so this is this is not an easy thing to navigate. And I certainly don't want to. I'm not appointing myself the 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 anti-COVID Stan Fauci. I'm not the I'm not the pope of this. I'm not the general. I'm not the leader of it. You know, and so I guess what I want to know is, is it okay? Have we seen enough data that we can make these sorts of definitive statements right now? And you guys think the answer is oh, yes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's begin with number one. Public health experts: fake news or not? Not.
0: I'm uh, um, this. That this is the the trust the experts uh, notion without any public health attached to it has very much relied on the drunkenness of the public health aspect of things to just carry over to everything else in COVID. So education, trust the experts. That's why we're, you know, now we're supposed to trust librarian experts because they know better than which books are supposed to be in the library than the parents. And it, and it's happened largely because of what they've done with that and tried to pull it over our eyes, and they did for a long, long time uh, with COVID. But if we talked earlier about the Monmouth poll, I think that says that, yeah, it is exposed, that there just is simply no more trust, because these experts are still saying that the public is crazy to believe what they believe in many cases.
1: See, this is going to be a fascinating conversation, because you could come to opposite conclusions on this based on which premise or realization you're starting from, right? So... You know, I started with this as number one because I would have figured this is an easy fake news. These guys have been wrong and these people have been wrong about absolutely everything. Okay. To the point that we're just debating now. Mm-hmm. Are they all just this bad or are they just this good? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But see, since you believe they're just this good. Yeah. If we know what I'm saying, G. Right. Okay. I think you hear me knocking and I'm coming mm-hmm. in, Mr. Leary. Um, uh, that therefore means they're real news to you.
0: Yeah. Because of how they've controlled our uh, entire lives uh, beyond what any of us thought was possible. I mean, it would be easy. I knew they were fake news in this. See, that'd be easy. I was the anti-vaxxer before all this came along. So on that level, of course, I think they're fake news. But they're like the high priests of this culture. And they're still sitting there. No one's been fired.
1: So we still come to the apocalypto to watch a, a human sacrifice. Yeah. Even though last year's drought uh, was, it didn't stop last year's drought. Right. All right, Aaron, fake news or not?
2: Uh, They are. uh, They are. The whole thing is fake news. I think what we've learned is there are real, really no public health experts. There's no public health experts. There's people who follow science and are spurred on by the truth. And there are not because this was never about public health. So this whole thing, I reject the whole notion. So I'm saying the whole thing is fake news. Okay, number two, red states. Fake news or not? Aaron, you go first this time. I'm saying this is not fake news. And um, I, I wish there were degrees of saying not, but I'm still saying this is not. That would just make this too news. easy if we, exactly. if we allowed that, yeah. Because Florida exists, there are pockets, Iowa exists. South Dakota, despite Kristi Noem, exists. There were still pockets of freedom, by and large, throughout this country, and most of them resided in red states. So I guess if you, to, if you want to say red pockets, that's more, that's more uh, not fake news. Um, but since the thing is red states, I'm still going to say not fake news, though it should be a lot more confident than
1: that. Okay. Todd, fake news or not? Not
0: fake news, and one of the most pleasant surprises that we've had. We absolutely are so blessed. We have no idea how blessed we are to live in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. And to have the governor we
1: have. I uh, I realize it over the last year. This is the first time I've gone down to visit the Blaze in Dallas that I didn't come home and hit Zillow looking at uh, uh, what what potential housing options were there. So, yeah, okay. Whatever you do, though, don't tell Daniel that you guys just said that. Okay. Because he will lose his mind. Yeah, right. He's very mad that there were not more red states and that too many of them were not red enough. And he's probably right about that, too. All right. Number three. Fact checkers. Fake news or not? Talk.
0: Well, not only are they fake news, but they're even more fake news than I would have. Back when they started, back when PolitiFact Started and we're going back, what, Steve? Uh, 15 years? Yeah, early years of the internet, yeah. Uh, of
1: the internet as a major news source. But, yeah. but I, I, I think now, looking... I mean, we would share PolitiFact and Snopes with each other on both sides, and you you kind of built in a little bit of a bias, but it was widely accepted for a long time that it was at least objectively accurate on some level in terms of playing referee, right?
0: But I, th- I think that was a bait and switch. I think we were being set up Completely. for this yeah. all along. They yeah. pro- it was always had Orwellian mm-hmm. intent behind it.
1: Okay, Aaron.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's fake news. I mean, John Roberts called and said that the definition of what facts are has changed now. Um, that that's all they do. It's 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 not fact checking. It's narrative crafting. That's a narrative maintaining. That's that's what these job these phony jobs are. There's no f- there's no fact checking at all. It's just. Nared the maintenance of the narrative, okay,
1: next one number four the cDC
2: fake news or not, Aaron it's fake news you know it's it's an institution that uh, met much like nearly every government entity that was created and wasn't or originally spelled out in the Constitution. Started with good intentions, and if you're a country this large in a world like this, it seems it seems like a good idea to have a central source of information to study and to uh, pursue viral uh, diseases and pathogens and to be able to figure out what the best treatments and and cures are. But we didn't get any of that. All we got, really, this entire time was uh, during the Trump administration. Uh, we're basically going to kind of stonewall here and do whatever Anthony Fauci says during the Biden administration. It's been, well, we're going to do whatever Anthony Fauci says, and and by extension, the Biden administration. So it's not, um, it's the Centers for Disease Control. Again, much like the public health experts, there's been a lot of controlling, um, but little disease controlling out of that organization. So it's totally fake, fake news.
0: Todd yeah fake news to to be led uh, by somebody like Robert Redfield in a moment uh, that no matter what any of us think about what the true gravity of the situation was the, the the situation did have gravity it did require people to seize a moment for the good of all and settle things down and he was like so many, and they just made things worse.
2: Did we, uh, did we slam him too much? Now that we know a lot more about the uh, COVID jabs, for uh, holding up the the mask and saying, uh, "This <laughs> protects me better than the jabs." Uh, Serious? No. I'm, no. Ser- are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm sure.
1: Okay. Because remember, we hadn't changed the definition definition of vaccine yeah. yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so no, no, but no, but that's funny. I like that, but no, no, that's still one of the all time dumbest statements that ranks up there with, I'm, I'm suspending free market principles to, to save the free market. It's one of the dumbest statements I've seen in my lifetime. Um, how about the fact they went out and got somebody worse? Well, somebody worse than Redfield. Worse, worse at this than, by the way, in Atlas's book, Redfield, bro, brah. I mean, he's more like Renfield from Dracula. Like if, if Atlas's book, I got, I read the, I read the whole thing over the weekend. If on the plane, if, 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 if Atlas's book was a couple chapters longer by the end of it, Robert Redfield would have been in some corner cubicle at CDC, tearing the wings off flies. And screaming out, the blood is the life. I mean, what? A freaking quack. Just a complete quack. And that's the head of CDC.
0: Well, they got C. And he's that's-
1: better than the one that we had now if we were actually comparing the two.
0: Well, I know, but that's why the CDC is fake news. Because as bad as he was, they needed somebody worse. <laughs> they needed I
1: he wasn't right. bad enough. Number five, FDA. Todd, go. Fake news or not? The FDA.
0: I'll say not. They weren't perfect by any stretch, but they actually did put the brakes on some of the nonsense in refreshing ways. When they, you know, the two people resign, right? Resi- right? That, yeah,
1: there were a few that resigned. So, yeah. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm I'm looking for scraps here. Okay, they, so they, they did a they did uh, fully approve yet another. Yeah, I know. COVID vaccine that you cannot get in the United States. That's two now. We're going to talk to Jordan Schachtel about that later yeah. today in the overtime
2: at blazetv.com slash DACE.
1: Aaron, FTA, fake yeah, news or not? The,
2: Did you guys hear the name of the Moderna FDA-approved vaccine? Do you, know, do you know what they're marketing it as now? No. Spike Vax. Yep, Spike Vax and Comirnaty. Comirnaty is Pfizer's thing, Yeah, neither of which are available in the United States. I'm not looking for table scraps. Uh, FDA is fake news. I mean, they just... They serve as a rubber stamp for Big Pharma to fleece and hopefully make uh, boogle bucks off of Americans and uh, the government, which I repeat myself because, you know, we actually fund the government. That, that's all they do, or at least all they have done during COVID is just they're a uh, rubber stamp, rubber stamp, rubber stamp, except for when it comes to uh, Regeneron which is the uh, monoclonal, monoclonal antibodies, yeah. which apparently that was a too, bridge too far now. So maybe they do something there.
1: All right, let's do these next few a little rapid fire because I think they're pretty obvious. Number six, Trump only hires the best people. Fake news. Todd.
0: No, not. We just don't know what that means. He hires the best people to slurp him. So done.
1: Okay. Maybe meaning that he didn't mean, it didn't mean what we thought. Yeah, exactly. That. I hear you. Okay. Number seven, anti-establishment hippie era boomer rockers. Todd. They totally. Fake news and finding that out in real time that they just wanted to ban groupies and do drugs. It wasn't anything about being anti-establishment, nope. right? Just sex, drugs, and rock and yes, roll it like is. it always was. Aaron.
2: Yeah, it's fake news.
1: Number eight, any self-proclaimed anti-establishment pop culture. We got rage against the machine demanding jab passes. Okay. So they're, they're Gen X. That's our gener- generation. So any, any self-proclaimed anti-establishment pop culture has proven to be fake news. Aaron. Yep. It's fake news. Taught.
0: Uh n- no, there's been there's been some people who have stepped
1: up in <laughs> Travis of, I Tritt, I mean, Kid Rock. Just, there's just been
0: a few. An- uh, Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, that's uh, another one. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Uh, number nine, we have the greatest healthcare system in the world. We said that for many years, right? When yeah, pushing back on single payer healthcare, is that fake news or not?
0: That's definitely fake news, but not in the way that most people would. Say it's fake news,
1: okay, Aaron?
2: I, I think it is not fake news for this reason. It's because it's because we have, and I'm saying healthcare system the way that most people define it, which is sick, sick care system. It's because we actually have the best, the greatest healthcare system in the world that this was perpetuated for so long. People, this goes along to what we've talked about multiple times. It's what I thought was going to save us from the COVID tyranny back in twenty twenty, in the summer of twenty twenty. We love our largesse here in America. We love going to the ball games and things of that nature. I eventually that instinct is going to will out. No, it's actually that largesse that allowed us to be this afraid for this long. So I think this plays into it. So okay. yeah. I, I think it's not. I, I think it's not fake news.
1: All right, back to you for this one. Critical thinking in America: fake news or not?
2: Um, a whole cloth. See, I think this would go both
1: ways. Yeah, because I, we have done in this country more COVID pushback than any other country
2: I can think of at the same time. From yeah, a,
1: from a data and information standpoint. I'm,
2: again, this is like the red states one. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a. a, a you know fake not fake news by an eyelash just because um now i now i'm the one looking for scraps i i still think there's a lot more out there and in different places than you would have thought than uh, maybe we would have even thought a year ago at this time okay talk
0: not but i'm taking you literally did covid reveal well like, okay. i believed it was dead because of transgenderism before covid even came along
1: okay teachers unions talk uh, uh, well,
0: if, if they care about kids on that level, uh, that's totally fake news.
2: Aaron, they are not fake news. They are as bad as we have always yeah. characterized. Yeah, them I'd call as them Satan's
1: youth ministry pretty much my yeah. entire career. Now, if you didn't know that though, I mean, it depends on what, what yeah, vantage point you came into yeah. this of the teachers unions, right? Okay. Number 12. Now it gets tougher. Mm. The constitution. Is it fake news or not? hot it's fake news is it yes even though you had the federalism in the Constitution is what allowed states like Florida and Iowa and Georgia to exempt themselves from this
0: uh yes but it it took the personages that stepped forward to basically will that into existence as much as just like dusting it off, you know, like Josiah and saying, Hey, and everybody said, Oh yeah, well now it's clear. No, no one believes that you have got to have a level of will to point out the obvious. Okay. Aaron,
2: uh, the what that's, that's my answer. (laughs) Guys, we've, we've had multiple instances now of hospitals refusing to even try ivermectin. Now that's a miracle that, that patients are even requesting it. Because everybody in their mother's dog has been trying to censor information about it as a horse dewormer, even though it was just it was just uh, not revealed. It was um, reiterated by that Japanese study recently that it has antiviral properties and works as an antiviral, which Dr. Cole from Idaho will tell you we've known about for upwards of a decade. The Constitution is total. I mean, it's What? What? I mean, the, the Constitution is to us like what running in the second half was to Andy Reid and Eric I And mean, What is it? I don't know.
1: 13. Love your neighbor as yourself. Is that fake news or not in America, Aaron?
2: It's complete and total fake news because the, the way it's used is a complete and total bastardization of what it actually means. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, a lot of times we, I don't want to belabor the point here. A lot of times we think of that or, you know, if if you're uh, new, we think of that as, uh, well, you got to give yourself self-love. No, it's the recognition that uh, as humans, we love us some me, And to replace that love for yourself with love for others mm-hmm. as, as best as you possibly can. But then we get into, well, what does love actually mean? And for the majority of the church in the United States that I've seen, and I'll just say anecdotally. Do you do you think that I come? No, I was I was homeschooled. I went to a private Christian college. Do you think that I come from a left wing version of the church? No, I don't. I come from a pretty conservative background. I've just grown up surrounded, and I'm still surrounded by pretty conservative people. Love thy neighbor as you love yourself means lying to uh, lying by omission, essentially. About the effective, efficacy of lockdowns or masks. Well, you got to wear a mask. Love your neighbor as you love you. No, no. It's a complete and total bastardization, so it's total fake news. Todd, quicker, please.
0: Yeah, I'll say not because, as you said, did COVID reveal? If we actually had this before COVID, we wouldn't have had the problems with COVID. It was gone before this.
1: All right. I want one answer for this second to last one. Just fake news or not. The church. Fake news.
2: Yeah, it's fake news.
1: All right, we've got one left. Before we get to that, let me remind you about our friends over at Home Title Lock. How much equity do you have in your home? Can you imagine if a cyber criminal stole that equity and no one told you until it was too late? All these years of savings gone, investment gone. Uh, The feds call this one of America's fastest growing crimes. It's called Home Title Fraud, which is why you need to go to HomeTitleLock.com. America's leader In home title protection. Here's the problem. The deed to your home is the only document that proves you own it. And the deeds to all of our homes are pretty much kept online these days. So in minutes, a competent criminal can forge your name off the deed to your home and then refile as the new owner. I know this sounds like something you'd only see in the plot of a movie, but it's absolutely real. All right, so make sure that uh, you take advantage of Home Title Lock. Your common identity theft service doesn't always help you on this. Neither does your mortgage lender. Neither does um, your homeowner's insurance. But our friends over at Home Title Lock will they'll give you the peace of mind to know that your most important investment is protected. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. So we've gone through 14 of these. And now we're down to the last one. Number fifteen. Is conservative media fake news or not? It
0: it's not. It there's uh there's the Rogans of the world have obviously been vital for You also, consider
1: him conservative media.
0: No, 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 no. I was gonna okay. forgetting the, the what happened with the truckers. Uh but conservative media has I mean, we were having on Peter McCullough, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, way before Joe Rogan was, I think we've been in the bloodstream of people for a long time. Yeah, we would have hoped some people would have done better, but I think we've done our part for truth as well as anybody
2: else. Aaron? I hate calling the church fake news and then our own industry not fake news, but I'm going to say it like this. Conservative media is not fake news in spite of itself. In spite of itself, in spite of the seat at the table paradigm paradigm. That we've been living under, uh, in terms of, of 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 right of center politics in the United States, I think conservative media who was who was really holding this back in some pockets enough enough to complete to, you know to, to keep it from going completely off the rails. I think it's just the badgering from some pockets of conservative media mm-hmm. holding others accountable, and that was enough leverage, I believe.
1: I think you could also. Make the point, couldn't you, that the expectations for the church are higher than conservative media, Yeah, right? For sure. Okay, and so it's not enough to have pockets of the church stand up to this. I mean, the the expectation... In a free society, there's a reason that you know we have a First Amendment. There's a reason why we don't tax you. The expectation is that you will be that transcendent institution that will shine that light in the darkness should the darkness yes. overtake us, right? And on an institutional level, the church did not do that. Correct. Were there remnants of the church that did? Yes. Mm-hmm. But on an institutional level, it did not. Um, and so I think the expectations for the church are higher than That's we have exactly for conservative right. media, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So now that it's done, was this a worthwhile exercise, do you think?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was just as, uh, dark and depressing as I thought it would be. Uh, which means I think, um, look, we've done considering how we have been calling these shots now, as you said, for 23 months, uh, I think it's, we do, it. We did better work than, uh, we set the bar. That's right, we, we set the bar on this show, and others did too, but when few would, on what we needed to survive this. And um, I get more and more proud every single day that goes by.
1: Hmm. All right, Pop Culture Tuesday coming your way next. I'll give you a nefarious movie update when we return. So we've been telling you about uh, uh, the folks over at Sweatblock for a while now, uh, and they've got a ton of success stories. Why? Because the product really works. Uh, you take their wipes, for example, if you are somebody who struggles with excessive sweat, this doesn't stop you from sweating. I've had you, some of you have emailed me and said, you know, it's healthy for sweating. Yes, I know. Okay, that's... I, <laughs> I guess I just assumed we would we would we would know that wouldn't right? that's not what we mean okay? right? <laughs> we don't mean hey I took sweat block last night I just did an hour at CrossFit not a drop that's not what we mean okay? you laugh but I'm telling you I have gotten that I'm, I know you have. <laughs> okay. That's not what I mean. What what, what I mean is stressful situations. Um, uh, s- situations where nerves, anxiety kick in. Maybe it's just a situation of you're in excessive sweater. And so it doesn't matter if it's 20 degrees out like it is here right now or 80 degrees out. You go in for that job interview. You've got to, you know, make a presentation in front of people, public speaking, what have you. You've got issues with excessive sweating. This is where sweat block comes in. You're a teenage boy, and you've got issues with excessive sweating. This is where sweat block comes in. Their wipes will help you for several days running. Um, A lot of times, one wipe a week, two at the most, will help with that excessive sweating. They've got deodorant products. Their deodorant is fantastic. I just used it on my Trip to Texas. They've got deodorant lotions for some of those more sensitive regions that maybe get excessively sweaty as well. If you want to try Sweatblock today, all right, use it anywhere, and I mean anywhere uh, where you've got issues with excessive sweat, all right, the the product's not called no sweating, all right, (laughs) sweatblock.com. Get 20% off with the promo code DACE. 20% off with the promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. I guess I should more appreciate the exactness of certain elements of this audience that they're on it, man. If they sense anything that is even remotely not up to snuff, man, they will pounce. Okay. So
0: I just kept thinking of the movie Airplane where the the main character pilot dude is trying to land the thing and he's he's just just like sweating sweating like crazy. What? It's totally normal. Back off.
1: Yes. Yes. Looks like I picked the wrong week to give up amphetamines. Yes. (laughs) All right, so let's do some Pop Culture Tuesday and give you an update on where things stand with Nefarious. Um, We finished principal photography in Texas this morning, and that doesn't mean there won't be any reshoots or anything of that nature, but uh, you don't necessarily plan on that. You get into the, the editing room, and you start looking at what you have and start putting things together, and that's where you decide, hey, did we uh, could we have done that a little better a little differently or should we add something but the script to this film is so tight i mean it is it is meant to occur in to be watched as a real time event the vast majority of it okay so i i can't foresee that we will be in need of that um Which I'm both excited by, but then nervous about because I'm excited because we, that would mean we are happy with the material that we have, but then I'm nervous because that means that that's all the material we have. So
0: there were no rewrites on the fly? None. As you see in some movies where somebody just starts
1: riffing and... No, absolutely not. There was, I, I can't tell you about it now because if I did, it would spoil a part of the movie. All right. But uh, can I say anything about it at all without spoiling it? I don't think I can. I don't think I can. That's fine. Okay. We ran into which was kind of interesting to watch. We did run into a situation where one of our one of our actors got into more with ensuing takes, more of an ad-libbing aspect. And one of the other actors very disciplined, stay into the script, in character, okay? And so it was interesting to kind of watch them figure that out as takes began hmm. to accumulate. When, after the movie is out and, and you guys have had a chance to see it, I'll tell you particularly what I was talking about. Just remind me of that, like, whenever okay. that is, okay? I just, I can't tell you right now because if I were to tell you who it was and who was involved and everything else, then it would it would spoil something and I don't want to do that, Okay. But um what can I say? W- w- ask me questions you think people will want to know so I don't just ramble on and maybe say something I'm not supposed to. Cuz if you ask me a question, then I know okay, I can answer that one or I can't. All right? So ask.
0: Well, I already asked one about uh CG at the end of the show. We didn't have much time to get into it, but how I mean this how much Compare, compared to other movies, what's the level of
1: cost and impact of CG in this film? Um, there will be some, but it, I mean this is this is an actor's movie, okay I mean this is a this is a script driven film. it is a dialogue driven film. I'm trying to remember what did I tell you guys about the plot of the movie? All right, so here's what I'll tell you about the plot of the movie without spoiling anything. For those of you that are wondering, how are we going to translate this? Uh, how are we going to translate a 200 page rant into a movie? Right. We can't just have um, think of you resurrect Lawrence Olivier in his prime. OK, you, you can't Paul Newman. Think of the greatest actors of all time. You couldn't just put them in front of a camera and have them just rant the book for 90 minutes or two hours, right? You just, you could not do that, okay? So, the, what I will tell you is that the movie is, um, is an adaptation of the book. It is, so a lot of you have asked me, do I have to read the book to get the movie? It will help but it's not necessary because the movie is a prequel to the book. I'll say, I think I can say that. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The movie is a prequel to the book. And if you want to know how we're going to adapt it without spoiling anything, read the preface to a nefarious plot. All right. That's the only part of the book I wrote in my own voice. Okay. And in the preface, it says, I have no idea or no intention of, um, you know, letting you know how I came into this demonic manuscript, but Who knows if we ever sell the film rights to this thing? Maybe that is how we will adapt this challenging material into a movie. That's how we'll, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Okay.
0: I don't think this would spoil anything. Is there a chapter or chapters in terms of text flat out pulled out and put into the script or thematically that are more prevalent than others? Yes.
1: Yeah. You can't say if, if you've read the book. Chapters? No. uh, So you said chapters. I'm sorry. Um, I thought you said so. Chapters? No. But will you notice specific dialogue references from the book in the film? Yes. Yeah. There will be very specific. There's some of the uh, some lines that are right out of the book are in the movie.
2: Yes. Couple of questions. Will there be jump scares or scary moments? Of. It's
1: not a jump scare movie. There may. There will be a couple. It is a horror film, or you can call it um uh, a, a spiritual suspense thriller if you want to call it that, but uh it's it is more of it's more atmospheric uh it's it's more in line of the omen um but there's a couple of jump scares in the omen as well, but it's not
2: driven by jump scares. no how much of the principal photography footage do you think you've seen? It's going to be a really small percentage. Yeah, there's maybe fifteen. Takes, I but. was going
1: to say twenty percent, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I would say I've seen. Okay. Maybe and even le- maybe even a little less than that.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, were you were you impressed with a hundred percent of it though?
1: Everything I saw, I was impressed by. Yeah. I mean, everything I saw, I was impressed by. I have been. Um, some of the footage that I was shown that they filmed before I got down to Oklahoma last December that they filmed at Granite State Prison I I was blown away. I think I might have shown you guys some of yep. that. Yep. You I, sent
2: I, you sent a couple of stills
1: and yeah. just the stills were- I mean I I was blown away by how good that looked. Okay. I, if if we hire a good editor based on the principal based on the, the the footage we have this film is going to look like something that that absolutely exceeds the budget to the film. Yes.
0: Now you obviously wrote this uh and it's an extension of this show and everything you do in your life. It's, it is, it is a Christian ministry to you, right? But your average movie goer, whether they're Christian or not, but just going to see a movie when they're done watching it, will it, no matter who you ask, if you pick a sample of the 10 random people in the theater, would nine out of 10 of them say that's a Christian
1: movie? No. Hmm. Interesting. In fact, I will, I'll give you this kind of background. One of the, one of the people we were looking at bringing in, um, to edit the film, uh, and, and I don't know, we still may end up hiring them. I don't know, but they had, they had expressed concern because they were more, um, they are overtly involved in the Christian filmmaking industry. And they had expressed concern that the film was not Christian enough compared to what they typically do. Okay? So, um, no. It, will, will believers, if they go to this movie, well, will, they, will they recognize its message and what, is in, what its intent is? Yes. If you are not a believer, and, and, and there's a way that we tell this story that this happens on purpose. This this movie is being made so that you can take unbelieving friends and family to a film that minus, you know, nudity and graphic violence and f-bombs, atmospherically will look and sound like a mainstream Hollywood horror film minus the stuff that makes those movies rated R, okay? It will look and sound like that. But it will prompt conversations afterwards that the average horror film does not and if you if you are a believer and you know that going in then you recognize the evangelism tool that this is this this is gonna conversations you've wanted to have with family members and friends that you were like how do i even go down that road how do i start that conversation this movie is going to start it for you that's what our intent is
2: along those lines you may not want or be able to answer this question i have two questions but we'll start with this one because it dovetails if you were working at the MPAA and you were you were honorable and uh, and serious about your job in rating movies what 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 rating would you give this?
1: I would rate it PG-13. Yeah. is how I would rate it. I I don't I think there is subject matter that a smart 10, 11, 12-year-old can handle, but the again atmospherically you're going to meet real evil. The real thing. Okay? just like you do in the book. You're going to meet the real thing. And even if you could understand the material in a static setting, having it presented in that way might be too much for kids that are younger than that.
0: Do you have a cameo?
1: I don't think so. Um, We had discussed it on several occasions. There's still been some conversations about it. I don't know why I'm just not as up on it as maybe people might think, because I just kind of feel like that's been done. It's been played out. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, I think the contrarian Steve Day's play is to to not have myself in the movie. Because that's everybody else puts themselves in their own movies these days, right? So, I mean, John Favreau is putting himself in, like, almost every friggin' episode of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian now, okay? I kind of feel Did like this- Did he just st- say that? Everybody puts themselves in their own movies these days. Um, <laughs>
2: Sorry. Yeah, I just put myself in my own movie last year, You No, I didn't mean that to sound as
1: uppity. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I am was a Whoopi Goldberg impersonation, but... Uh, um, I, no, I didn't mean it to make it sound like that. I'm just saying that's kind of a... That's what everybody does, you know? So... See so you chicken out. No, it's just... <laughs> how could it be done there
0: wasn't that many places in this movie, correct? I think there is a
1: place at the end and there are conversations about whether that is a cameo for me that might not be in person, but in another, in another method, I guess is what I will say. And you guys know what I'm talking about. We, we discussed that over, we discussed that while I was down in Texas over the weekend. So there's a couple of things I know you guys are going to want to know. I'll get to here in a second. Before or after, I tell you really quick about com. If you are looking to get involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. Uh, make sure that uh, you don't do it alone. Go in there with a real estate agent you can trust, which you'll find at the website that says it all, com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com, a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates because, well, you guessed it, they ran into real estate agents they could not trust. They don't want that to happen to you. So just about anywhere you want to move to or from here in the United States, we can probably help you find a real estate agent you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. So I know two big questions everybody has is, when will it come out and where can I see it? All right. Um, the first question is going to be answered by the latter. We have, we have already had interest from two major Hollywood studios in a theatrical release we are considering whether what the state of the movie theater system is going to be all right later this year, or early next year when the movie would come out. Um, and we're going to be, we're going to be tracking that. Um, we don't have to quite make that decision right now, but it's getting close. I'd say in the next, you know, 90 to 120 days, we have to make that decision because you need lead up time and marketing time and advertising time. And so, um, That first that decision about whether to put it in theaters or whether to stream it um, and then whether where to stream it, where it would it would be accessible and highlighted, but not just necessarily, um, you know, uh, a page in an overall catalog or library that, you know, would would go unnoticed. Those are all conversations we're having right now. But and the answer to that question will determine a release date. Okay, so, um, but we have had two major Hollywood studios already indicate an interest in being the distributor for the film. I can't. I probably shouldn't tell you which ones they are. I told you guys though. Yeah. Would you get
2: and you guys would verify these are both yes, major studios? Yes, they are. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Is that it? We're pretty much out of time.
2: Uh, do you have a quick update yeah. on the uh, situation with the unions from a couple of months ago?
1: Um, they took it to NLRB and are trying to. NLRB, NLRB, or yes, and I was right the first time. Yeah, NLRB, uh, they're they're trying to essentially get some form of a win to save face on paper, but that's cute. Yeah, that's what it is. It's cute. We won. We got our movie made, and at this point, screw them. So Amen. they tried. They, they came. They tried, and they failed. All right, the overtime coming your way for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John three seventeen.